Welcome to my podcast, In the Know. My series of interviews with amazing people doing amazing things as I travel around the world of no-tell. Welcome to my podcast, In the Know, where I find the amazing and interesting people I bump into every week and put them on the mic for 15 minutes. Today I have Andrew Roche. I think of you as the creator of the digital democracy, the personal democracy forum, because that's the first time we met. You invited me to that. Uh-huh. But then, of course, there's this colossal world's largest meetup thing, which apparently you have had some role in since the first day ever? No, it was the actually... The New York Tech Meetup. The New York Tech Meetup, which is now called the New York Tech Alliance. It's 60,000 members. Sweet. Jesus. And, and it got started actually by Scott Heiferman, oh, right, who was yeah, the founder yeah. of Meetup. Right. And he started his own meetup on his own platform after September right. 11th to bring the New York technology community together. And it grew and grew and grew until it was like 9,000 people. And it got so big that they actually formed a board and Scott had to stop taking care of both it and his company. So, But it's kind of the highest and best application of meetup, period. It's the it's biggest. The, it's, it's the biggest. It happens by coincidentally. It's the, it's the biggest yeah. meetup in the world. Yeah. But probably more interesting is the fact that there's now over 2,000 tech meetups in New York every single month. Huh. There's like 30 fintech meetups, 30 fashion tech meetups, a dozen AI tech meetups, mobile app yeah. tech meetups, you name it. And the reason that's germane is because what we were just talking about now is... Um, the next big huge thing that you've been working on in the last few years and I think it's about to get a lot bigger sometime in late 2020. Oh, <laughs> Civic Hall. Civic Hall, yeah. I mean, it's been super influential. It's the idea of the tech community and others coming together to work on social change and the impact of the world around us and we were just sort of kicking that around and then it got me started thinking that I got to get you on. I appreciate tape. that. Um, well, you mentioned Personal Democracy Forum. So Personal Democracy Forum was a conference on the intersection of technology, politics, and government. Yeah. A nonpartisan event that you spoke at. and Yeah, I spoke on it about like the business culture in China and the level of control on maybe. technology. I don't remember, I don't remember what you're... I'm, I'm yeah, because I was doing smartphones back then. Mm, um, I'm sure it's archived somewhere. We could look it up. Um, but uh, that community kept on growing and growing. And uh, you know, after Obama got elected using social media, it wasn't really that interesting to us anymore to follow how technology was changing politics. It got a lot more interesting in thinking about how technology is changing civil society and mm-hmm. how where people are actually taking these technologies and trying to solve problems that would have normally been the purview of government but are now actually in the hands of citizens themselves. Mm-hmm. And so we interviewed uh, about 100 of our uh, conference attendees and asked them, you know, what do you think we should do with our conference longer term? And they were like, well, why, why do we have to have a conference once a year? Why can't we just meet all the time? Why can't we get together and connect with each other and talk about projects or things that we can do together? So out of that came the idea of starting this place called Civic Hall, where we could promote the idea that um, civic tech, technology for the public good, um, could make a, a true a difference in the world. And there are some mm-hmm. really good examples of it. Um, my well, you've been running a space for a couple of years, or you were for a couple of years, where you were convening together many different, I guess, social founders is how I used to call it, but maybe you had a different name. So we, we opened Civic Hall in, uh, in, uh, in an office space on Fifth Avenue three years ago. It was a member-only kind of collaborative workspace. Mm-hmm. And our members were individuals, we call them civic entrepreneurs, social entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, Civic's got a better vibe to it. I'm with you, yeah. Social um, can be railroaded. Yeah, and, and when yeah. people ask us what we are, uh, sometimes we like to refer to ourselves as a civic justice organization as opposed to a social justice organization. Oh, wow. Because social, just, social injustices are a result of the fact that we have a unjust 
un unjust civic culture, a, a civic infrastructure. Mm. Yeah, too much money in politics, a broken media system, poor, poorly funded public education. Mm -hmm. So civic engagement in the traditional sense would be like voting, jury duty, going to a community board meeting. But we think civic engagement in the future needs to be about being present in your community, being connected to mm -hmm. your to your neighbors and right, and you're sort of recentering it in that way on citizenship and your role as a member of a society, not simply like, oh, economic justice in this place. These people are poor. Let's help them. These people are disadvantaged yeah. in some other way. Using the lens of, of exactly, and the yeah. and the differentiating factor now is that technology has become commoditized and it can be used in it can, as we know it can be used in political ways mm -hmm. very badly as we're witnessing in our political system today, mm -hmm. but it also can solve really hard problems. So, for best example, I can give you is Crisis Text Line which was started by Nancy Lublin, which, uh, you know, is, is basically replacing uh, teenage outreach programs across the country because she's built a platform that not only is ubiquitous, but collects data in ways that was never before possible so that public policy people can know things about, um, you know, the health of our society that was never before visible. Yeah, I mean, that's an amazing project. I learned about ibuprofen from her one time. <laughs> that like someone who says ibuprofen is like a hundred times more likely to be having suicidal ideation than, than a, to an average person. Correct. And well, that's like, that only data could have told us that. Or that the second largest cohort of people who are actually claiming they might commit suicide are not teenagers, but actually middle-aged white men in the Rust Belt who are out of work. Right, she told us that years before B before the current be crisis. Yeah. Exactly, so, so um, but that's an example of civic tech and um, you know, there's also GovTech, but the problem with GovTech is that even though government technology sometimes is for the public good, depending mm -hmm. upon who's in power, it may not be. So if ICE <laughs> is using <laughs> technology right now, AI, yeah. to help them figure out where 11 million undocumented yeah. people are hiding in the United States, I wouldn't necessarily call that public good. Yeah, yeah. Keeping uh, the tech in the hands of the people. Well, it's a tool. The the so, yeah. the, so overall, to answer your question, the idea of Civic Hall is to create a place where the positive sides of the use of technology can be emphasized mm -hmm. and maybe went out over the negative ways that technology can be. And used. so then you beat us out. Like I think a year or 18 months ago, Notel was sort of trying to get rolling and we had our first two, three locations. And then we hear about this amazing site with the potential to build this huge, fabulous building for some kind of good purpose. And we came in with a fairly shallow imagination, I think, about what we wanted to do there. And you got it. I mean, this is amazing. I was just looking at the pictures you were showing me. This building is going to be beautiful. Well, thank at you. The old PC Richards site, and in the picture, there's actually a PC Richards in the ground floor. Yeah, is that just well, like no, no, because <laughs> when the, when we put the proposal into the city, uh, the developer, who's our, our partner, um, uh -huh. uh, talked to PC Richards, and they claimed that they wanted to stay in the building, actually take the basement of the building, ah. um, sell their air conditioners and refrigerators. Yeah, because they don't really need uh, window space, right? Yeah. But um, they've decided that they're just going to keep their, the, you know, they've moved a lot of their business online. Right. And they only need really one showroom in Manhattan, so they're keeping right. a 23rd Street showroom, and they don't need the one on 14th Street. Right, but this building is amazing. I mean, that's a joke about what's going to be the retail. It's going to be something fabulous. But the rest of that building, I guess you have it sort of quadranted off into certain uses, right? So, so yeah. So the idea we presented to the city was that if you have every New Yorker from any, you know, uh, background coming through Union Square twice a day, they should be able to walk into a building and get digital skills training for free. Mm -hmm. And so um, students, teachers, immigrants, people with physical barriers, whatever it may be. And so we put together a proposal that would include 20 classrooms shared by um, you know, a dozen to or more workforce development organizations, a 400-person state-of-the-art conference center, mm -hmm. which, by the way, New York City is lacking really good conference space. Mm -hmm. Um, this would be column-free conference space. Oh wow! And then there would be two floors of collaborative 
um, workspace for for the civic entrepreneurs that I just described before. Okay, and then there'd be some office above it. And then, so then the rest of the building would be about eighty thousand square feet of flexible office space, very much like what Notel does. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I told you I'll go on the record. We want the space. So ask your colleagues to get no, it. No, no. I've told them already. I've told them yeah. that you guys are the right people to do this because you. We've got like fifty buildings in walking distance of that location now on Fourteenth Street. And and, and you know, and when we first put the proposal together, you were a blip on the radar screen. Now you are the largest purveyor of flexible office space in the world. We are. And you are <laughs> yeah. basically setting not only you're, you're creating an entirely new market and a entirely so. new product. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think the biggest challenge for you guys is going to be that you know some big players are going to go, wow, we just copy these guys. Yeah, it's on. I mean, the I game is on. And the game is on. So, But I know what first movers can do sometimes, and uh, we're going to keep an eye on that space to make sure that you mm-hmm. have a it good It would be wonderful to collaborate on it. I, 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 it. But it's so amazing. Like, I'm, like just fast forward, to, and you speak to, with too much modesty sometimes for the topic of my In the Know podcast series, and in this latest installment, I want to... Because in, in each one, I have been asking people, like, how do you make something big? And in each one, the person I spoke to, like, you know, whether it was Kevin Ryan talking about, like, Mongo and Gilt and stuff like that, or Amy Cuddy, just about the, the power of the ideas that she has pursued, whether first on the idea of confidence and power posing or now on the stuff around uh, online harassment and stuff. Like, what makes something good? Big. And, and, and each of their stories are really interesting. And I'm curious because, like, the moment that building, you smash the bottle against that building, this thing that started out some years back for you with PDF and then the journey through the power of Meetup and then the creation of Civic Hall and this whole thing, and you're making this face like, eh, why are you asking me about this? It's not this? that big. It, I don't think it's that big. I, I mean, I think it has a big vision. I don't mm-hmm. think the project itself is that big. Uh-huh. At the end of the day, we're one building in, in a huge town. Yeah. Right? But what, uh, but what we represent is a, uh, what I think is a very interesting difference between New York and um, Silicon Valley which is that New York has more high-quality human capital than any city in the world. Mm-hmm. And the future isn't going to be based on who's got the best technology, because the technology has, for the most part, been commoditized. Yeah, it's but that pitch about New York, okay, fine, we all believe, I like New York, it's awesome, but like, how do you make something big? The, the scope of impact that I believe that that thing is going to be like a radio tower for is vast. And you're getting there. That hasn't even happened so yet, but it's like on the way. And I how'd you get there? Like there was, you were, you used to have like like uh, like restaurants, bars, and nightclubs like some years back. And now you're like, I mean, you're carrying the flag for a big idea that I think is attracting quite a lot of the tech community around as well. So if you want to do something big, the first thing you have to have is some sort of vision. A lot of people think they need a mission statement. Most people need a vision statement. Mm-hmm. The mission is what you do every day to make the vision become a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have well. To then, how did that happen? When did you get that vision? Well, I, I like to tease you about all that. Oh, uh, I don't know. Par- I, was fo- I was fortunate enough to have parents who instilled in me a great sense of human justice because they were uh, forced labor camp survivors of World War II, and so I grew up listening to stories of injustice. And mm. and so you know, and it literally goes back to when I was running Irving Plaza, and uh, by the way, it was the best spot. And it still is. It's ran. still a great spot. And. Uh, and there was a school across the street, and there were 3,000 kids in that school. It was 1997. I was webcasting concerts out of Irving Plaza, and there was not a single computer anywhere in that school. So uh, it was mostly out of shock. You know, people do things because they react to conditions they, they, uh, uh, they see in the world. So, but just to try to... You but know, did you make a clean break from business at a certain point, or not from yeah. business, but like you're like, okay, I'm done here. Now I'm going to start this I sold Irving Plaza. journey. I sold live... I, I uh-huh. literally sold Irving Plaza mm-hmm. to Live Nation the day after Bob Dylan played. Wow. And then decided to spend the rest of my life working on social justice, civic justice projects. So I s- 
started, you know, it worked on mouse, which was, which is wiring public schools throughout New York and other parts of the world and training kids how to use te technology, bridging the digital divide. And then started realizing that the public education system was controlled by a corrupt political system. So I started working on trying to figure out how to how technology would might might make our democracy better. Hence, personal democracy forum. Oh, and then you kick off a forum or like a maybe the first time it was like a one day conference or something. And now it's now and all these people are attracted to it. Like now it's like a week or something. No, it's two days still in New York, but we do uh -huh. them in Poland. We do we've done them in Barcelona. We've done them in Santiago, Chile. We've right. done them around. And the so world. now you're collecting energy from all these other people attracted by so this idea. L listen, the same thing is true about any any conference. It, people can have all the greatest speakers at a conference. The key thing is people need to meet each other. Mm -hmm. They meet each other from different worlds. Mm -hmm. They have their minds open, not just by what they hear on the stage, but by the relationships that they form. Mm -hmm. And then you give them an opportunity to work on things together. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was the essence, what was the, the seed of the idea was to create a physical space mm -hmm. where every day serendipity would happen, some curation would happen, ideas would be uh, mm -hmm. floated, some of them not going anywhere, but some of them actually creating something of real, real mm -hmm. value. I'll just tell you one quick story, and it's not even about the technology, mm -hmm. it's about the results of something of a civic hall. So one of our earliest members was a woman by the name of Kristen Rouse was a veteran of Afghan, uh, the Afghan war, 30 months of combat duty, and she came back to New York and discovered that she and her 30,000 other veterans of Afghan and Iraq wars were, had no services. They couldn't find jobs, they couldn't find housing, they couldn't find health care. There was very little infrastructure for them. So she decided she wanted to start an organization to support them. She came to Civic Hall, didn't know anybody, but someone she met at the coffee station she talked to said, hey, I'll help you build a web, I'll build a web website for you. Somebody else taught her about Nation Builder, which is like a campaign in a toolbox. Somebody else taught her social media. Somebody else fi filed her 501c3 uh, papers. And she launched the New York Veterans Alliance, got 300 veterans to sign up right away with $300 in dues, uh, sorry, $50 in dues. So now she had a salary. And then she organized them, marched them down to the city council, got the city council to pass a bill with a $3 million budget created the New York City Department of Veterans Services, wow. which did not exist. That's unbelievable. And de Blasio signed it into law. And that all happened in less than a year from beginning That's to end. That's incredible. And now the Department of Veterans Services of New York City is a member of Civic Hall. <laughs> so that's, that's amazing. That's impact. And that's, that's not about technology itself, but it's mm -hmm. about how technology helped facilitate a result. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's, that's what amazing. that's what Civic Hall is about. So if there's a lesson for someone who wants to go pursue a big vision like this, then in this, like what I hear is the power of gathering people together as a movable feast, a tribe of people with a certain vision that they share, and the things they can do together with each other for each other and create other new big things. So, and uh, you know, as we know, we live in a very complex and very um, uh, troubled time, politically, economically, whatever you want to call it. And so I give advice, th to follow your lead, I give advice this way, three, do three things. Resist bad stuff, bad politics, bad technology, just resist bad stuff. You should, you have to continue to weed. Even the most beautiful gardens have to be weeded. Resist bad stuff. Otherwise the weeds take over. Second thing to do is introduce people to each other. Our society is not going to get saved by somebody promising us hope or by some political party that finally gets their shit together. It's going to be saved by people talking to each other in their communities. Occupy Sandy is civic engagement, not just voting, not just going to a community board meeting. And the third thing is design and build new systems. Because if you don't design and build new systems, we're going to, ha we're going to continue to operate with the old ones, and then we're going to be like the New York City subway system, falling apart, late, um, and dangerous. Um, so if you, do, if, you, if you resist, connect and design for the future with the people you're most interested in working with and who you're trying to help the most, 
then there's a potential for us to turn the corner and not look so negatively on the world and maybe look positively on the world. The look on my face is a googly-eyed admiration. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew, so much. Thanks for inviting me. In the Know 